T-Mobile Arena and the Raiders, the brand new Raider Stadium, were making all the noise in Las Vegas tonight. T-Mobile Arena on one end hosting the Manny Pacquiao, Jordani Zugas uh, title fight. And then you have the Raider Stadium, the brand new Raider, sta- Raider Stadium hosting SummerSlam. Uh, it was a scene to witness if you weren't in Las Vegas and you happen to catch these events uh, by way of TV as I was watching them or streaming them somehow. Listen, it was something else. I mean, you could only imagine what was going on and what's happening now as we speak as I'm recording this. I'm hitting midnight, my local time. Uh, Las Vegas must be reaching similar time, if not maybe an hour earlier uh, than 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 my my time zone and it must be a hell of a scene out there because it was thousands and thousands and thousands of people in attendance. These were sold out events just between these two, between what Vince McMahon put together and what the PBC put together with Manny Pacquiao being the headliner. Those, those streets are definitely, definitely crowded tonight. Manny Pacquiao loses. Your uh, Denny Zugas is the man that the WBA will recognize as the WBA welterweight champion. He is the man to beat. The way he looked tonight, he is the man to beat in that 147-pound division. Yes, we could talk about Errol Spence. We could talk about Terrence Crawford. But holy crap, look at the performance that Jordani Zugas just put together tonight. When he needs to step up, he delivers. He steps up. He answers a call. And he delivers. He was on point tonight. This is not the Jordani Zugas that we saw against Manny Pacquiao. This is definitely not the Jordani Zugas of years past. The Jordani Zugas who lost at a, at a casino event to a Michigan native in Johnny Garcia. This is not the same Jordani Zugas who fought in the Olympics. This Jordani Zugas was leveled up tonight, in my opinion. And he was, he put on a, a hell of a performance and he was on point. His counter punching, yes, I, just like I mentioned on the preview episode, he was going to be measuring, uh, his, his energy, his output. And, and he does that. He's, he utilizes and conserves his energy differently than most fighters, than most traditional fighters. He's definitely a true and tried Cuban fighter. And just like we saw, and we, we had those previous episodes, right, where, where I ended up covering and talking about uh, the Olympic boxing. The Cuban boxers were amazing in the Olympics. Uh, Ronio Iglesias, uh, Andy Cruz, similar style. Uh, they, where they conserve their energy, they punch when they need to, they counter when they need to, and they just avoid and evade when, for the, for the remainder of the round, right? Manny Pacquiao rushing in, throwing punches and bunches, at least attempting to, and missing a lot while doing it, and then getting caught in return. Instead of landing and catching Ugas on the reset, Ugas was doing that. He was being very conservative with his attack, with letting his hands go and catching Pacquiao. 
the power that Ugas has in his hands was very, very evident tonight. And this is something that I picked apart in the preview episode. Every punch that he throws has power. And that's why I was comparing him to a mixture of Keith Thurman and a Margarito. Uh, a combination of those two fighters is what Manny Pacquiao was going to face today. And it certainly played out that way. He conserved his energy. He was a taller, lankier, uh, heavier fighter tonight longer reach and every punch he was going to throw was going to be with bad intentions and that was the case footwork was pretty good on his side but most of all he was very conservative and very uh very apt to what was happening to the moment he was very quick to adapt to the second and he stayed in the fight the entire time mentally, not letting Manny Pacquiao get him, get him out of his, uh, his flow. Manny Pacquiao showed every bit of his 42 years today. The legend that is Manny Pacquiao, if this was the last time that we see him step through those ropes, um, it's, it's, it's going to be sad, but what a pleasure it was to watch him fight once again. You could definitely tell that this is a faded version of a Manny Pacquiao. And uh, and the first sign was that rather than Manny Pacquiao fight in that wave-like form that he in that wave-like style that he usually applies and utilizes as pressure, uh, he he ended up basically being a, a still target tonight. He utilized his movement from left to right rather than in and out. He was bobbing and weaving from left to right, using head movement, using hip movement, but got away from the Manny Pacquiao uh, style that found them success in the past, which was the in and out movement, that wave like that, that, that water washing up on shore. Uh, that, that was the wave that, that style of fight that Manny Pacquiao would bring to the fighters where people had a hard time. The fighters would have a hard time to adapt to because whenever they were on the reset and ready to hit back, Manny Pacquiao was already moving backwards and out of the picture. And that was a Manny Pacquiao that was very successful in the past. Obviously, this is a Manny Pacquiao in the backstages of his career, in the latter days of his career, and a faded version that we saw today. We saw a faded version against Keith Thurman, and it was still good enough to defeat a Keith Thurman. Two years later, we see an even more deteriorated Manny Pacquiao who took a lot of damage tonight, but still has the heart, still has the will, but it's just not there anymore. Maybe the power's there, but the instincts, the reflexes, the movement is not there anymore. This was a faded version, uh, and he showed his 42 years every step of the way tonight nonetheless what a pleasure it was to watch Manny Pacquiao in the ring again this was the 72nd time that he stepped in that ring as a professional what a pleasure it was it was a close fight at that this wasn't a one-sided landslide type of fight Jordani Zugas did look like he was cementing himself as the fight proceeded as the fight uh, went on he was definitely the more dominant fighter, definitely landing the more evident punches, the more damaging punches. Jordani Zugas just catapulted himself into stardom, basically. He is at the top of the welterweight division, and if you mention Jordani Zugas right now, along with Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford, you shouldn't get any flack for it. Jordani Zugas fought 
an amazing fight tonight. And a Jordani Zugas like this fighting an Errol Spence would give Errol Spence headaches and possibly beat him. Definitely an Errol Spence that fought Danny Garcia fighting this version of Jordani Zugas would lose. An Errol Spence that fought a Mikey Garcia would lose to this version of your Denis Ugas. This is not the Ugas that fought Sean Porter, and this is not the Ugas of past. This is not the Ugas that fought Abel Ramos. This was a new version, a very composed, very measured, very calculated version of your Denis Ugas. The Cuban sensation leveled up tonight. And when it needed to be, this is the the adjustment that needed to be made tonight and his from his camp and on his behalf, and he did it. He answered the call. He is the WBA's welterweight champion. And now we have Terrence Crawford with one belt at 147, Jordani Zugas with one belt at 147, and Errol Spence with two belts. So it's going to get interesting. Hopefully we see Jordani Zugas and Errol Spence uh, unify, which was the original plan earlier this year. And and then we'll see where Terrence Crawford falls in the picture. As for Manny Pacquiao, we don't know if he's going to step back in the ring. He still left the door open. Um, he was asked uh, in the post-fight interview while he was in the ring. He was asked and, and basically cornered to see if he was going to retire and hang the gloves up tonight. And he left that option open. He left the door open. So we may likely, very likely see a Manny Pacquiao come back to the ring one more time. And, uh, or we may not, it looks like he's on the fence, but nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, somebody else who was super busy tonight was Freddie Roach. Freddie Roach, of course, within minutes of running back to, to the back, uh, to the, to the, um, to the dressing rooms, he was active in the corner of Victor Ortiz, which was a co-main event or, yeah, the co-main event, I guess. It's not a co-headlining event, but it was a co-main event. And this was Victor Ortiz against Robert Dagos Guerrero. Both fighters who are attempt, attempting comebacks, but both fighters who experienced their heyday a decade ago. This was turning the hands uh, back on on father time for both of these fighters. They started really good. It was a very entertaining fight for about the first three to four rounds. And then they started gassing. Then a lot of leaning on behalf of Victor Ortiz. It was a very, very tight, close, hard fight to score round in and round out. I feel like the judges got it right. I ended up scoring at a draw when it all, when it was all said and done. This was not a 12 round fight. It was a 10 round fight. Uh, and for Vicious and the Ghost, this was a really tight fight. If this fight would have played out 10 years ago, 9 years ago, 8 years ago, it would have been a completely different fight. I have no doubt that one of these two fighters would have knocked the other one out. They probably would have had gone on to to maybe push a fight of the year type candidacy and then possibly a rematch between these two. Um Right now, they didn't leave any desire for us to want to see these guys run it back uh, and and very little desire to see them back in the ring because what is it that they could do? They're, they're, they're definitely not going to be a threat in the 147-pound division. We just saw Devin Alexander come back at 154, uh, a former foe of uh, Victor Ortiz. Um, 
Luis Colazo ended up retiring, somebody who was a standout opponent in the 147-pound division for years, similar generation as these two fighters. I don't really see Robert Guerrero making another run at a title. I don't see Victor Ortiz making a legitimate run at a title. Uh, this is this is just two fighters past their prime. A decade ago, this would have been, or even close to a decade ago, uh, maybe even five years ago, this would have been a super entertaining fight to watch, and maybe they could have run it back. But today, uh, these fighters displayed that they were, even though they're younger than Manny Pacquiao, they're in their mid to late 30s, they showed their age, their wear and tear, and they're definitely versions of what what they were at their peak. Robert Guerrero walks away with the decision win, a unanimous decision win at that, which was a 96-94 by all three judges versus what I had, which was a 95-95 for, for both fighters. It was a matter of a point. Each one of the judges got it right. I have no problem with that. Robert Guerrero winning it by two points, or if this was called a draw, I wouldn't have had a problem with that. If they give it to Victor Ortiz, maybe I would have had a problem with that because I definitely didn't see Victor Ortiz pulling this out, but a draw was uh, was okay. Robert Guerrero, yeah, he was definitely more active. Even on the inside fighting, when when Victor Ortiz is leaning his head in and, and pressing forward and pushing Robert Guerrero against the ropes, um, Robert Guerrero is still landing. I, I think even in one succession, he ends up punching himself in the face. He tries to uppercut Victor Ortiz and punches himself in the mouth from how hard, and it was a hard punch at that, that he swiped and missed Victor Ortiz's head and catches himself in the mouth. That's the style of fight that, Vic, that, that Robert Guerrero still has in him. He's still able to generate punches from close proximity, and uh, and that found him success tonight and the victory. So he comes away with the victory. Um, from the other fights that we saw, the amazing knockout of Mark uh, Maxayo over Julio Seja. That was an interesting, interesting fight. It was a back-and-forth fight. Now that fight, if these guys end up running it back, I wouldn't mind it. It was a close fight. It was a a, a, a fight that was somewhat hard to score in which you see Seja uh, down from the opening bell, right? Seja goes down in round one, uh, and then Maxayo goes down in round five. But in round 10, Maxayo lands, lands this heavy, heavy punch, uh, and which, which ends up in Seja going down. And it was a scary sight to see where Seja is down, non-responsive, uh, motionless, just laying there. At one point, they tried to remove the mouth guard and, uh, and, and they didn't. Uh, you hear the commentators mention that and, uh, and he's having trouble breathing. It, it was a scary sight for several seconds until he finally started trying to lift his head and come into his own and he's moving his body. And, uh, and finally he started coming back into his senses. But while he was laying there just motionless, it was a very, very scary sight. And of course, we've seen very scary moments in, in, uh, in boxing history, uh, where Several fighters or numerous fighters have ended up either uh, handicapped or paralyzed or or it's even led to uh, fatal consequences where fighters have lost their lives because of punches like the one that Maxayo landed. It was just a perfectly placed punch from Maxayo to Seja and, uh, and it put him down. 
And that's it. That's how quick a fight could change uh, in momentum and shift in momentum in a matter of one punch. Magsayo delivered. Seja delivered. That was an exciting fight. That should have been the co-main event rather than Victor Ortiz and, and Robert Guerrero. The Robert Guerrero-Ortiz fight was more of a nostalgic co-main event than that of a an attraction type event. Uh, Magsayo, the up-and-coming star, improves to 23-0 and 0 now. Julio Seja gets his fifth defeat and uh, and gets knocked out against this uh, Filipino star. From there, the other fight that I was paying attention to was Castro versus Escandon. Castro ends up stopping Escandon in round 10 in nasty fashion. Beautiful combination. These guys are going exchange after exchange. Finally, Castro starts walking them down to the corner, uh, knocks them down. The referee starts the count. And, and right around the time that he's counting six or seven seconds, uh, Escandon decides to take a knee rather than actually show his gloves and, and show, cause he was already on his feet rather than show his gloves to the referee and let him know that he's good to go, that he's ready to engage back in the fight. He decides to take a knee that late into the count going seven to eight seconds. The referee decides to wave the fight off. Escandon loses, gets stopped in the, in the 10th round and Carlos Castro improves to 27 and oh. Amazing, amazing fight. Those two fights were amazing fights to witness. And of course, the nostalgia, nostalgia, uh, behind Victor Ortiz and Robert Guerrero and seeing them back in the ring. Um, there's one more fight and one more fighter that caught my attention. And that was Frank Martin, who fights out of Indianapolis, Indiana. He improved to 14 and 0. What an amazing, amazing performance by this young prospect. He's a lightweight and he defeated Ryan, uh, Ryan Kilcheski, I believe is how they pronounce his name. Uh, he ended up getting, coming away with the unanimous decision win. It was a 10 round fight. Um, this guy's going to be trouble for any other lightweights out there. Frank Martin just announced himself in that lightweight division and, uh, and he's within maybe two to three fights from fighting the top dogs at 135. I, I won't take that comment back. I, I really mean it. Frank Martin has movement, has speed, has angles, uh, good delivery and good ring IQ. Frank Martin is going to be a threat in the, maybe within a year, year and a half, he'll be facing the top names in that division if he stays on track and if he continues to fight and perform the way he did tonight. Of course, things could happen, scenarios present themselves, and life happens, right? And sometimes you see a lot, a fighter with a lot of promise and doesn't pay off in the end, right? Something happens where, uh, an obstacle presents itself or these careers are derailed either by personal, uh, matters or business matters. Frank Martin, if he stays on track and he continues to perform like he did tonight, he's going to be a household name within the next year and a half to two years, uh, hands down. This kid has a lot of potential and a lot of promise behind him. And I'm excited to see, to see him back in the ring in the coming future. We get back to the main event. Manny Pacquiao loses to Jordani Zugas. He, he looked aged. 
This is a diminished version of a Manny Pacquiao, but nonetheless, a very spirited effort by Manny Pacquiao. And, and he's there. He's ready to bang, bang and trade and stand and bang, right? Uh, he, he wants to, uh, he wants to fight. But when it comes to these fighters that are a little bit more elusive than him and, uh, and they're younger than him, where they're able to react to what Manny Pacquiao, the threat that Manny Pacquiao is posing to him, Manny Pacquiao is going to be limited in what he's able to do at this stage in his career. Manny Pacquiao of old would have figured out the puzzle that was your Denis Ugas. Uh, a Manny Pacquiao of just a few years back would have figured this out. The Manny Pacquiao that fought Adrian Broner would have beat your Denis Ugas today. A Manny Pacquiao that fought Keith Thurman was very similar to the Manny Pacquiao that we saw today but a diminished version of it because he was still, he still managed to do the wave-like attack against Keith Thurman where he was going in and out rather than being a stationary target moving side to side, left to right. And that's, that, that was the biggest failure that I saw today and the biggest advantage that I noticed for Jordani Zugas that he exploited and took advantage of and it eventually it ended up getting him the victory. Nonetheless, it was a close fight. It was a very, very close fight, and Jordani Zugas walks away with the, the decision win. I mean, hands down. I had it 115-113 for Ugas, so think about it. It was a close fight to score. It was A lot of these rounds were really hard to score. Dan Raphael had, uh, and he's, he's a famed veteran of the sport. He is a legend uh, reporter, legendary reporter for the sport where he is a recognizable name and figure within the sport of boxing. Uh, he was pretty biased tonight and people were calling him out on social media as to what the hell, what, what kind of fight he was watching because he had at one point, he had Pacquiao up seven to four rounds yeah, and it was really close. It was a really close fight. Um, I had Pacquiao. Uh, winning round 9, 10, and 11, and Ugas winning round 12 convincingly. Hands down, it was a, it was a one-sided round 12 for Ugas. But from there, I had Ugas winning round 5, 6, 7, and 8 in a landslide. And that's what put Ugas ahead. So it wasn't that it was going to be a draw, but it could have been if Pacquiao would have stolen that 12th round. I had a 115-13. One of the judges saw it that way. The other saw it 116-112, which was a little bit wider of a margin. That was an 8-4 margin. And, uh, and that's okay because I could definitely see how they score that. Some of these rounds were really close to where either I was looking or if I was to give it to Pacquiao, I was judging based on certain punches that I felt did more damage than that of what Ugas may have cost in that specific round, but maybe the judges saw more output on behind uh, on behalf of Ugas or whatever they saw. I don't know, but they didn't get it wrong. This was finally a good decision. These are veteran judges that got that that got a, a decision right. They didn't drop the ball on this one. And uh, as much as I like Manny Pacquiao, yes, Jordani Ugas is the rightful owner of that welterweight title the wba welterweight title and uh and i hope uh he will unify with either terrence or errol spence in the near future nonetheless um i'm reaching uh i'm already past midnight my time 
you guys know, you guys that have been following the show from the beginning, you guys know that it's been very few episodes that I've recorded the night after the fight, post-fight. Usually I wait until a day or two days after to be able to recap the weekend events. Uh, nonetheless, this is one of those big fights that dictated uh, getting an episode up uh, regardless of the time and uh and regardless of the consumption of whiskey or cigars that I've uh that I've endeavored in tonight. Shield Dag Speyside kept me company tonight, uh accompanied by good Cohiba uh Cuban cigars. Uh good company, surrounded by family, and what a way, nothing but the best way to enjoy a fight of this magnitude. Uh hopefully you guys enjoyed this fight as well. Uh shoot me your comments. Send send an email to me, shoot me a comment, whether it's via YouTube or Instagram, on Twitter, whatever it is, questions, comments, concerns, requests, go ahead, reach out to me. I'm here for you guys. This is you guys' show. Remember that. I continue to tell you guys this, and I mean it. From the bottom of my heart, this is you guys' show. This is you guys' platform. You guys have made it and grown it to what it is today. And uh, and I'm going to continue being your voice. And uh, if you guys don't like something that I'm saying, let me know. And I'll make sure I address it on here. Or, or I fix it. Or one or the other, right? But this is your show, guys. The Tomatolito Show belongs to you. And that's exactly what it is. The Tomatolito Show encompasses... Uh, for the fans to take it all in, right? Take all the information in and do what you want with it. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in each and every episode. Uh, I did take a little bit of a break, uh, aside from some delays that I experienced here in the last few weeks since the Charlo Castaño fight, since that big fight weekend. Uh, nonetheless, I'm here, guys. I'm, I'm constantly keeping track of the sport just because I can't get behind the mic doesn't mean that I'm, I'm abandoning the sport or abandoning the, the show. I'm still keeping track. It's just a matter of getting back here and look. It's past midnight. We're reaching one in the morning here, my time, and and I'm here for you guys. So with that, I leave you. We close this episode, and I hold my glass up to you. Salud. Thank you guys for tuning in at this time of night, and uh, take care of yourselves. I'll talk to you on the next episode. Have a good night.